It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show was heard on WBCQ of the Planet every Monday and Thursday evenings, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also hear it on numerous platforms, including Podomatic. That's our flagship platform, but also Amazon, Spotify, iHeart, and just I don't know, a dozen or so others. So if you just do an engine search or a search and put Camp Constitution Radio, I think they'll all pop up. And it is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And this year's camp will be running from July 17th to the 22nd at the beautiful Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center in Plainfield, New Hampshire, which is close to the Vermont border, but an hour north and west of the state's capital, Concord. We also have Ladies Retreat coming up in uh, the late late April, a weekend retreat, same venue, and a fall retreat for families in the uh, last day of September, the first two days in October at um, Camp Sentinel in Tuftonboro, New Hampshire. And we would love to have others. So any of you folks out there that would like to think about starting a camp, we'd love to help, help out. It's a lot of work, but, but most things that are worthwhile are a lot of work. But it is a, a great, uh, the results will be wonderful. And uh, just go to our website, campconstitution.net, and uh, contact us if you want more information. Also, if um, you have any questions, uh, obviously, or if you'd like to be a sponsor, we have a sponsors page. We just got a new sponsor recently, and uh, it's very short money, $100 a year, uh, and that will get you, uh, to, we could link your nonprofit or your business on our website and uh, you know help 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 us reach out to more people than young people uh, actually all ages but specifically young people with this important uh, message of liberty freedom so today I'm going to address the insurrection for a little bit and then I want to talk about this very interesting map I have of people moving voting with their feet and moving out of these Marxist blue states uh, where they're passing draconian uh, laws, and, or not really laws, but mandates. Uh, and uh, very interesting. So, yeah, so anyway, January 6th, a few days ago, was the anniversary of the, uh, this is the left-wing narrative, by the way, of one of the darkest days in American history. It was worse than the firing at Fort Sumner, worse than, the, than uh, the sinking of the Lusitania, worse than 9-11. Yes, it was an attempt of Trumpites that we're going to overthrow the country and destroy our democracy. Well, let me, uh, let me give a little background first here, okay? Uh, I think, yes, there was a riot. What started out as a demonstration ended up in a riot. Now, it wasn't one of the worst riots that ever happened. Uh, I'm not an advocate of, of uh, demonstrations where violence breaks out. Uh, I'm also of the opinion, and I think it's going to be revealed, even though the mass media, the deep state media, will not present this, 
But I believe there were agent provocateurs, and I think, as I say, that the information is coming out. Um, for example, there was this guy from Arizona, uh, I think his, uh, Epps was his last name, and he and a few others were encouraging the breach. This was while Trump's speech was going on. Now, these folks had, it's funny, they had all the same type of bullhorns, like they were issued the same bullhorn. And they were, in fact, there was a night before, they were in front of uh, somewhere in D.C., and this, guy's on this, uh, this guy, Epps, was uh, saying, we need to breach the Capitol, we need to go inside. And the guy said, fed, fed, fed. It's, it's it, it, the game, it, it's, very, it's not like the first time that the FBI, which has been thoroughly politicized, and weaponized has been used uh, like the uh, the governor of Minnesota that was uh, of Michigan that uh, was alleged there was a kidnap plot well you don't hear much about that now do you why because to find out all the all the people involved were all FBI informants or agents and some really repulsive repugnant people so to see it becomes a non-issue it's like an Orwellian memory hole we don't we don't talk about this anymore and if you bring it up you'll be deplatformed that's that's the world we're living in and I have to say thanks to platforms like this wonderful radio show uh, station where you can express this. And this is why uh, stations like this, they need to, uh, people need to help get them, get more listenership, not just for this show, but for the other shows. Uh, even if you don't agree with all the content, um, <clears throat> it used to be that you could disagree with somebody and still remain on good terms and still respect each other. That ain't happening anymore, folks. You know, you disagree with some. I was just in a little spat with a guy on Facebook. Uh, he's calling me names. He's a Bernie bro. You know, which of course a Bernie bro, by the way, is not an, an insult. If you're a Bernie bro, it's a compliment. So I said, you're, you sound like a Bernie bro. And he comes back and he's calling me names. And I'm part of the, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm thinking, there's no need for name calling. And of course, if I was in the room with him, I'm sure he wouldn't have done that. But online, he can console that stuff he wants to say. So uh, there's a time, you know, to be, there's a time for that. But when you're debating an issue or a topic, you know, get, let the facts come out. If indeed the FBI was behind this, you would think everybody should know. And Newt Gingrich, by the way, I'm no fan of Newt Gingrich, but he said he had been Speaker of the House. He said it was Nancy Pelosi's fault. You know, she didn't. Uh, she was offered 10,000 National Guardsmen by Trump a week before. That, that's a lot of people. I'm sure 10,000 National Guardsmen who were trained in crowd control, not the Capitol Police. I think it's important to point out, too, I have lots of friends in law enforcement, and many of them tell me that the Capitol Police are really like TSA agents. They're not fully trained. They may have some training skills, obviously. They have guns, so they have to take some type of marksmanship courses. Uh, most of them just are security guards. They're not the kind of cops that you call 911 and they show up and they have to deal with all kinds of cases. Uh, one cop that that one cop, but a really obnoxious liberal he, with the tattoos all over his neck. I don't think that he would have passed too many academies with that looking like that. I've never seen a police officer with his t- neck with tattoos covering his neck. Never. And, and you know, I guess I know a lot. I know cops that have tattoos, but covering his neck—that's something that probably wouldn't be authorized. Um, you remember seeing? Uh, remember seeing the four of the officers weeping? in front of Congress. It was a show. They're all weeping. Oh, this is a horrible thing. Well, what about all those policemen that were beaten up and rioting for days on end, not just a few hours. We're talking about days on end. Seattle, Portland, Minnesota, and all of the 
uh, top, their, their bosses, all uh, throwing them under the bus. Oh, we have to defund the police. Mayors throwing them under the bus. Mayors who had good rapports with their police, off, with their police officers just turn on a dime because the mob, the left-wing mob says you must. And they were passing these bills to do away with police indemnity all over the country, defunding the police all over the country. And then they wonder why the crime is going up. And they're trying to say, oh, there's no spike in crime. Really? <laughs> you see, San Francisco, there was one of months, I used to, I've been there a few times. Beautiful city. I never liked the politics, obviously, but it was a beautiful city. And it was safe for the most part. Uh, and I traveled throughout the whole, all the different neighborhoods. A friend of mine took me on a good tour of the city a few times, my wife, and with my wife. I said, this is a beautiful city. Is it clean? Not anymore. That's what happens when you elect uh, communist prosecutors. And I do mean communists, not just far leftists. And they don't prosecute criminals. And they open up the borders. And they say, hey, sanctuary city, you got it made. Anyway, so let's get back to the, uh, the, the, the insurrection. So there was a rally to, uh, to defend the election results. And the left says, it was the big lie that there was uh, any kind of the election was stolen. Well, it works like this. We have to assume that every single election, whether it's local, national, statewide, even county elections, some states have countywide elections, that there's always an opportunity for voter fraud. The question is, are there enough bad votes or fraudulent votes to make a difference in the outcome? That's the question. Not to say there isn't any voter fraud. There always is. I mean, uh, growing up in Boston, there was an old saying, vote often and early for James Michael Curley. And in Chicago, there was a joke where uh, a, a left-wing Democrat that lived on the outskirts of Chicago, he had in his will that he wishes to be buried in Chicago so he can remain active in politics long after he's dead. So we know there's voter fraud. Uh, but what happened on election eve in, in 2020 was unprecedented. First off, you had judges and governors passing mandates, not laws, that said you had to have mail-in balloting. And everybody, even Europe, the European countries did away with it because we're not talking about the handful of uh, absentee ballots. You know, people are either away in the military. That is a little more controlled, and it's only a small percentage. I voted absentee one time. I was uh, flying out of Boston on a Tuesday morning before the polls opened, so I voted the week before. I showed up at City Hall. It was a little bit of an inconvenience for me, but my, and I didn't think the person I voted for had a chance in the presidential election, but I, I voted anyway. And I showed my ID, and I filled in the ballot, and I sealed it, and I gave it to the election. And that was that. No big deal. That ballot went from my hand to the person that's supposed to count the ballots. And that, that, that's a pretty simple procedure. What happened in many states, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, where the ballots showed up late at night, and most of them were for Biden. I mean, the odds of that happening, and you have, I think, 20 counties around the country that are called bellwether. In other words, if you win these counties, you win the election. I think Biden only won one of those counties. And in Philadelphia, you know, uh, in Georgia, they closed the place. It was leaked. There was leaks. They kicked out some of the Republican observed poll watchers etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and we got all these affidavits, hundreds of them from around the country and all these particular states. So, yes, I definitely think there was uh, uh, the election most, most likely 
was stolen in some of these key states. And maybe some states, you know, where Trump either won by a large margin or lost by a large margin, it was probably a non-issue. Although I've told there are some people that believe that Trump won states like California. Again, I don't know. I'm just hearing. I have no idea if that's the case or not. So, um, so they had every right to protest, just like was he, people. Again, the left has selective memory. When Trump won the election in 16, they were rioting. It was rioting all over the place. In Boston, they blocked the lefties, blocked the, the highway. They didn't want Trump. And then they tried to say he was Russian collusion. He should be impeached even be right at the minute he takes his oath of office. We need to impeach him. And there was more rioting on uh, Inauguration Day. The left kind of forgets that. And in the, uh, in the summer of, uh, the summer of 19, uh, 2020, summer and fall, there were horrible riots where people were killed, mostly black people and mostly children. Black police officers, businesses burnt down to the ground, and the left didn't condemn the violence. There may have been a few exceptions. They were, they were promoting it. What's her name there? Kamala Harris said, oh, there'll be more, and there have to be. And then uh, Chris Cuomo said, who says demonstrations had to be peaceful? So it's okay to commit violent acts if you're a leftist and your cause is just and you're supporting the left, the left-wing uh, people like Hillary Clinton. What's fascinating is all these leftists claim to be anti-establishment, and they're doing exactly what the establishment wants them to do. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, they used to, uh, the, the, the left used to hate the FBI and the CIA. Now they love the FBI and the CIA. They're, it's there because they control them. And of course, the left has always controlled the CIA uh, because they didn't know that, but it's always been a tool of the, ex, uh, the establishment. So, so here they are, um, and, and also contested. The, they had uh, people contesting the results, the congressmen contesting the results in 16, but that was okay, but it's not okay if it's 2020. That's a conspiracy theory and a big lie. So these people are absolute frauds. They will do anything for power. And they're using this January 6th insurrection as a means to uh, just uh, political theater. I don't think it's going to work, however. I think uh, if you don't want you don't Trump, you're going to believe what you want to believe. But I think the average person says, you know something? Yeah, there was a riot. Some people were hurt. It was not a good thing. But don't call it insurrection. There were 700-plus people arrested. And, of course, when it comes to that capital breach, oh, you better believe the fullest extent of the law. So I had two friends that were there. They were waved in by a Capitol policeman or someone dressed up as a Capitol policeman, and they didn't burn anything. They didn't break anything. Uh, in fact, one of them, uh, there was a, a scuffle, and he uh, got intervened and prevented a fight, a fight in that particular spot. And uh, they get it back home. Next thing you know, they get a knock on the door, FBI arrests them. And what are they charged with? Insurrection, conspiracy to overthrow the government. No, trespassing. They use the word criminal trespassing on federal property. Well, yes, it's federal property. The Capitol building is. And when you trespass, you've committed a crime. So, of course, it's criminal trespass. It's nothing if, – if it, it wouldn't use the term trespass if you – like I, I have a piece of uh, – I have a neighbor. He's got a, his own private forest. He's got a sign that's posted no trespassing. In other words, without his permission, if I go on his land, I'm trespassing. So I, I've broken a law. That means it's a criminal offense. You know, I don't know if it would be a fine or anything major, 
But that's that's just what trespassing is. It's a it's a crime. It's just a, also a crime to come into the country illegally. But they don't care about those kinds of laws. Uh, only what, and they don't care if it's your neighborhood being burned down or violent people in your neighborhood causing havoc. Only when it affects those leftists. That's when it's an issue. So. Um, the ringleader of this horrible conspiracy to overthrow democracy, the guy dressed up, he was probably high as a kite. He had bullhorns on his head. He was like a Viking outfit, red, white, and blue tattoos all over him. He, in his crime, he sat in Nancy Pelosi's office. Then I think he sat in the Senate. So I was like, while this was going on, to, you know, when they were tallying the uh, electoral votes, um, that's, done in, that's done in the House of Representatives, and the Senators sit in on it. And uh, so the Senate chamber was empty. So he sits in the sits in the seat, and there's a cop walking with him. You know, okay, time to go now. So if this guy was such a violent criminal, a conspirator, you think he would have been charged with something a whole lot more serious? And he ended up getting four years in prison. You know, and there's still people that were arrested either in, in the day of the event or in the wake of the event that are have been in solitary confinement. They don't treat the Nazi war criminals weren't treated this badly. It's amazing. It's, and this is supposed to be a free country. And again, you commit a crime. You, if you smash windows, you need to be punished. I'm not, you know, that's, and by the way, Trump rallies, Trump's had hundreds of rallies all over the country in the last, um, you know, since he decided to run for office in 15. There was no violence. He didn't say go out and go down downtown San Francisco and smash windows. He never advocated that. And then when he gave the speech, he made a case for the voter fraud, and then he said, some of you will go down to the Capitol, and he said, protest peacefully and patriotically. And then, of course, he used the word, we, he need to fight like hell. Well, if Trump was passing out M-16s and machine guns and called in the uh, National Guard artillery and told them to surround the Capitol and wait for further orders, then you've got a case that he was planning insurrection. But using the word fight... Every politician, you put on any politician's campaign ads, I'm fighting for my constituents. I'm fighting big government. I'm fighting the, the big lobbyists. I'm fighting big farmer. I'm fighting. They're always fighting for us. They usually would fight, but they mean they're going to pull a gun on you and shoot you. But you see, the left, and the left knows that. And they, but they expect their listeners to be that stupid, that ignorant. So... Um, it was not a good, not a good thing. I believe it was uh, there was Asian provocateurs there the whole time, and sometimes it doesn't take a lot to get a mob, get a bunch of people. Uh, this was an an organized event, as you could see. I mean, there was Asian provocateurs, but as, that was organized. But as far as the people going to the Capitol and doing what that they did, the people, most of the people got in fact, there were people get arrested that were grandmothers taking selfies. Not exactly a threat to. Uh, shaking the whole foundations of democracy. And I know, uh, and if you're a regular listener to this show, you know that we're not a democracy, we're a republic. It drives me crazy when you hear the word democracy, people who know better. Anyway, I, uh, I want to discuss this uh, map that I found very recently, uh, yesterday in fact. It was a map of, of uh, people moving out of blue states and moving into... Red states. Now, I don't like this blue state, red state thing because uh, that's a leftist narrative. Uh, the, uh, 
here it is. Uh, domestic net migration, July 2020 to July 2021, compared to fax- vaccine mandates. So um, let's see who puts this out. Well, I have this on my Facebook page, and I think what I'm going to do is I'll write a little article, uh, and I'll put it on our blog so you can see the map. So I don't – oh, it came, the, the chart came from the New York Times, so maybe you can go to New York Times and do it. So uh, it has all 50 states, and it has net – or uh, net gain or loss. So, uh, of course, I lived lived in Massachusetts, and uh, I moved up here in December. Forty-six thousand, a little more than forty-six thousand loss. So, uh, some people. Uh, so, forty-six thousand one hundred eighty-seven people moved out of Massachusetts in that one-year period, including my family. We moved to New Hampshire, New Hampshire, which is a, it's considered a more of a purple state. It should be a red state. And again, this is the designations. Red used to mean communist, but now it's supposed to mean Republican conservative and blue is uh, de- uh, Democrat. Blue, true blue, blue used to mean true blue patriotic, and now it means Democrat. So, um, so New Hampshire gained a little over, almost uh, 14,000. Uh, Maine even though Maine, Maine is another sort of a purple state. Uh, most of the leftists live in the southern part, greater Portland. The rest of the state's pretty conservative, but it's, the population is in uh, greater Portland. But uh, they, should have, um, they should have a at least one Republican member of the House of Representatives if it wasn't for that stupid uh, voting system they have there, ranked choice voting, the Republican would win. Although uh, the second district of Maine, I think it's a yeah second district congressional district, northern Maine, uh, is the only state, the only state in New England where Trump got electoral vote, and um, so anyway, so they had a gain of uh, fifteen thousand four hundred seventy-three. And what's interesting is I was up in um, Rooster County doing the balloon festival, and we had a good time, and people come by the table, and I always ask them where's the from. And most of those folks have moved in in the last year or so, and they're coming from all over the country. So they're not moving to Portland, Maine. They're moving to northern Maine, where they, but they still have, see, they have the plastic bag ban, and they have grocery tax, but uh, low property tax in some of these towns. And you can get a big chunk of land in a nice house for short money. So I think that's the, uh, the appeal. Well, New Hampshire, we have no property, uh, I'm sorry, we have no sales tax, no income tax. We have a lot of, you know, every, the house, the standard of living is better and less expensive. We do have property tax in some places. It's higher than others. Now, look at um, New York. New York, 352,185 people moved out of New York. Uh, New Jersey, 27 plus thousand. Ohio, not too many, over, a little over 3,000. Indiana gained 14,000. Uh, Illinois, oh, they took a big hit, 122,000 and more moved out of Illinois. Missouri gained uh, almost 15,000. Iowa gained a little more than 1,000. Wisconsin gained some. Minneapolis lost 13,000. See, see, Minneapolis is a beautiful state. And again, it's one of these areas where the rural areas are conservative, but the population centers are left. Colorado gained 13,000. Oklahoma almost 25,000, Arkansas, over 16,000, Arizona, 93,000, California lost 
367,000 people in that one-year period. That's a lot of people. Of course, their population is bigger than Washington, not too many, only 29. That's, uh, that's not too bad, uh, although it should have been more. Um, South Dakota gained. North Dakota lost. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And North Dakota had all the, the – oh, there was a big energy boom there. Maybe uh, Biden, uh, Biden's policies made the difference. But Louisiana, 30,000 lost. Look at Texas. They gained 170,000. Florida, 220 – almost 221,000. Georgia, over 50,000. Alabama, 22,000 or more. Tennessee, 61,000. South Dakota, I mean, South Carolina, 64,000. North Carolina, 88,000. Uh, Washington, D.C., they lost 23,000 in uh, Washington, D.C. That's uh, for, for, what, 10 square miles. That's a lot of people moving out. Uh, and a few of the blue states had modest modest population gains um rhode island and connecticut uh connecticut i'm surprised it gained that many 5134 uh, uh but so in pennsylvania 3194 people moved out and that's probably most people in philly i would think in pittsburgh although pittsburgh isn't nearly as bad as um philly so um people are voting with their feet now not all these people are conservative-minded people and the big concern is that some of these leftists leaving the states to avoid their draconian lockdown measures will come to their, their, these new states. Although I, what I'm hearing, for example, Florida, for the first time in its history, has more Republicans on the roll than Democrats. So that's a good sign. So a lot of these people are moving out. Are not, they're not all leftists that are going to bring their disgusting left-wing politics with them and run, turn that state into a stinkhole within a few years. That's what happened in New Hampshire, though. Um, and people warned back in the 1970s, there were people saying as more people from Massachusetts, as Massachusetts becomes more, more onerous, the more it becomes a one-party state, people will be moving out, and they're going to bring their politics with them. Uh, so I think this election in 2022 will be a really good indication. You know, so here in New Hampshire, the Republicans have the, the state house. By a comfortable margin, not uh, you know, not a supermajority, but by a comfortable margin, they didn't have it two years ago. But uh, the last election, uh, the sad thing is that all four of the um, federal elected officials, all four uh, members of Congress, we have two, of course, two senators and two uh, members of the House. They're all dem- all Democrats, and. Uh, Used to be, I think, I think at one time I remember one one Democrat, Dick Sweat, and all the other ones Republicans, and it's been that way for a while. Now the elections tend to be a little on the close side, ten thousand votes. I don't know if ten thousand, like less than one percent, two percent, but I think uh, in New Hampshire we do have same day registration, which is a big mistake, and um, a lot of people, you know, certain places where people vote, there is voter fraud, and, and again. I can't say that there's enough voter fraud that it made a difference in the election, but I'm of the opinion that it did. Um, in 2020, Trump almost won New Hampshire. It was, you know, almost doesn't matter when it comes to electoral votes in New Hampshire, but it was very close. And he lost by a larger margin, but not a substantial margin. Uh, but with the mail-in balloting, uh, I think that was the key. Because people thought that with the mail-in ballot, uh, <clears throat> with the colleges all being closed, that there wouldn't be a lot of these uh, out-of-staters coming in and voting. But anyway, uh, 
we still have a lot of work to do in the liberty movement and the freedom movement. And uh, we just have to persevere and keep on doing what we're doing. Um, and we appreciate uh, what, uh, what we really appreciate, if you're listening to this show and uh, you like what we do, we encourage you to um, go to our website, uh, share our blogs, download our material, uh, and share it with people. Go to our Bloomingfield Archive. Let people know what we're doing. Uh, and not just the camps and the, the weekend events, but the things we're doing year-round. And um, support us financially, that's the one thing. Uh, but also help us, help us have a bigger platform. That's really very important as far as that. We have, a, we have I think, a, a pretty good platform, but we need a, a larger platform. We need more and more people. And uh, as this show is, well, this show is going to be aired uh, today and next Thursday. But on Sunday, next Sunday, a week from actually seven, six days away, we're going to be heading down, we meaning my wife and I, Reverend Steve and his wife, and some other folks from Camp Constitution. We're going to be going down to D.C. in front of the Supreme Court. We're going to have a prayer vigil Monday night on the 17th, 7 to 8. And if you're in the area, please visit if you'd like to come by. And then the next morning, uh, Tuesday, at 9 o'clock, we're going to have a little rally. We're going to have some speakers. And they're all going to be short little rally speeches. It won't be a long, drawn-out drawn out event. And uh, then at 10 o'clock, the Supreme Court starts hearing all arguments for our Christian flag lawsuit. And the results so the decision, we understand, will be made sometime in June. So we're running out of time, folks. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio. With your host, Hal Shirtliff, and until next week, may God richly bless you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.